This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorized financial services provider. The gold price has had a checkered history of late. At the end of 2016, it was well below $1,200 an ounce. It then rallied, but with a sort of in a limp-wristed fashion. And in the middle of 2018 also went back to just below $1,200 an ounce, and thereafter it took off. And in fact, in August 2020, it went through 2000. Everyone was very excited. I think 2075 was around about the high. Today, as we speak, it's below 1800 Why has it fallen? We'll find out now with George Cheveley, Portfolio Manager at 91 in London. George, thank you for making your time. I've written down a few things now. Uh, as to why it might have uh, uh, sort of come off the boil. Number one, slight resurgence in the US dollar. Number two, increased hedging by gold miners. Number three, retail investors finding opportunities elsewhere, i.e. with the soaring equity markets worldwide. And number four, central banks selling their gold reserves or some of them to bolster their COVID hit finances. Are any of those relevant? And please add more. Yep, some of those are relevant, Lindsay, but I think... Where we look first and foremost is at Fed policy. Um, And if they are loosening, it's positive for gold. If they are tightening, um, it's less positive for gold. And then the other factor which um, amplifies that is inflation. So in other words, if you look last year, we had massive loosening and inflation starting to rise as we came out of the pandemic through last summer, on the initial stages, I should say. And that, that is, you know, perfect conditions for gold. And we saw gold prices rally very, very, very hard. Um, as we came into this year, then we still had inflation rising very rapidly, which was supporting gold. But then the fears of Fed tightening and, of course, at the margins already, monetary policy is tightening um, because they're not loosening so much. We've obviously entered a period now. Um, which is less on the face of it conducive to gold prices. And clearly the um, tone of the Fed last week, which was more hawkish, um, clearly had the the, the most recent effect on gold prices. Having said all that, um, they are, you know, two of the main drivers. But, But the other, one of the main drivers as well for gold is a hedge against uncertainty. And whilst people say, well, you know, vaccinations are coming, you know, the effects of the pandemic should ease, we're seeing recovery, you know, governments are sitting on the most amount of debt they've ever had, extraordinary amounts. So whilst we can say things might be moderating, the effects of the loosening last year are still not known. And and I think there's still a huge amount of uncertainty around. And And we still see people wanting to hold gold and gold equities as a hedge and a diversifier in their portfolios. Um, and that is still a key reason to be holding. Yes, it is. And if you take away the 2075 uh, spike in August of 2020, and you look at it now, and if you've just woken up, 
from the middle of 2018, below 1,200, as I said in my introduction. The fact is that it's still $600 higher than it was then, and that's a 50% move, so it's done well. So if you look at the big long-term graphs, gold is still intact, and it's subject to the vagaries of the Fed and other people doing other things with uh, with equities. In other words, retail investors finding Bitcoin and meme stocks. But on the other hand, I still think it looks to me anyway like a solid bull market. Yeah, and and I think more so in the equities. So, you know, we talk to a lot of investors and those who've been in gold a long time who are still quite scarred by the falls we saw in equities from the last peak in gold prices roughly 10 years ago, 2011-12. And when we saw equities then collapse by over 70% on average between 12 and the end of 15. Um, The difference now is those, you know, companies have far less debt, do not have massive capex commitments, much stronger balance sheets, and of course are generating much stronger cash flows at these prices. And and again, that's what we remind investors is if you look today, if you say, well, I'm not sure if gold prices are going up or down, I think they could be range bound for a time. But range bound at these levels is immensely profitable for gold mining companies on the whole. So, you know, we still see very strong cash flow generation. And and I think the risk to gold prices is still to the upside because we have so much uncertainty of how the Fed is going to tighten, how they're going to unwind and pay off some of this debt. I was talking to somebody in the South African gold mining industry a couple of days ago, and he said, look, we're, we're getting the stuff out of the ground at $1,150 per ounce, and it's currently $1,800 an ounce. So we're still in a fairly sweet position. Obviously, there are certain problems for miners in South Africa. But on the other hand, those margins are very glamorous, George, and probably even more glamorous overseas. I mean, outside of the Republic of South Africa. Yep. No, we we see very strong margins through the industry, and, and we should do at these prices. Um, and particularly, actually, this year costs are a worry because you know we can see costs rising everywhere. And that's why we're talking about inflation. Um, steel prices are three times what they were a year ago, et cetera, et cetera. And fuel prices have obviously rebounded very strongly. Um, but actually, what we've seen this year for cost profiles for a number of miners is per ounce, actually, they've not risen that much. But that's partly because they did have disruption to production last year because of the pandemic. So, in fact, we've seen a number of miners whose costs are actually fairly flat year on year because their ounces are up. So their, their costs per ounce are fairly flat. Now, moving into next year, that becomes a more challenging environment, but it's still not one that's disastrous for companies at all because, as I said, their margins are still very, very strong and the cash flow generation is very strong as well. What's also exciting is the companies aren't then just putting all that cash back into new projects. They are looking after it and only building projects that make sense and handing back you know, good dividends to shareholders. So we're seeing a number of companies now yielding over 3% on dividends and and looking like they can maintain that uh, as long as gold prices don't collapse for a number of years. That seems to be a change of behaviour from the gold miners, what you've just described. It, it definitely is, and it's a change of behaviour actually not in gold, is gold miners and the mining industry generally. Um, the sort of mantra which has been around now for two or three years of value over volume 
has really taken hold and people are really looking at returns on capital and, and looking at adding value as opposed to just adding volume. Ten years ago, probably because we're at the end of the super cycle, people were just focused on volumes. Now we see much more focus on returns. Very good. Uh, before we get to your strategy, I want to just talk about inflation because it seems to me from a gold perspective, it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, inflation means rising costs for the gold miners, which means that their cost of getting the stuff out of the ground rises. But on the other hand, inflation traditionally has been a, used uh, as an excuse to buy gold as a hedge. So which one is the more powerful influence? Well, <laughs> good question, but it's, it's almost at different times. We will see cost inflation, but of course it varies around the world and miners can take actions to mitigate that to some extent. Again, on, on the broader macro thing of inflation being a positive, it is. We've also got to be aware of base effects. So, you know, the inflation numbers we saw printed in May and we'll see again in June are very high in many markets. But you've got to remember prices a year ago were rock bottom. You know, oil prices have almost gone negative a year ago. Um, and therefore, you've got massive rises year on year, which in, feeds into the inflation figure. As we move forward this year, those base effects, as we call them, are going to moderate. And therefore, it's difficult to conceive of inflation continuing to accelerate this year. So I do think we're entering a period where inflation may moderate purely from base effects. I think then, you know, again, people would say that 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 will put pressure on gold prices potentially. I'm not so sure because I think the threat of inflation maintaining much higher than people would historically think. I think the risk is there. And I think into next year, we could see inflation again, you know, not moderating and coming back to bite. So, you know, I think and, and really what I'm talking about is uncertainty. We're really not sure where this is going. And, and in that type of environment, holding some gold and gold equities um, makes sense, particularly as as we've discussed, equity markets are pretty high. Bond markets are very expensive. You know, people are looking for places to put their assets and they've been chasing crypto and other things. But they, again, have proved to be highly volatile and uncertain. And therefore, you know, we still and we've seen it through this year, we still see clients looking to add gold and gold equities to their portfolios. Without giving away too many secrets and without being too specific, just embellish what you've just said and what your strategy is at 91 towards gold at the moment. So, I mean, we invest in, in gold equities primarily. We can hold physical gold positions, but now at the moment, moment and um, we're fully invested in the equities and that's because we see them still very attractive from their margins and cash flow point of view and they're much more conservative strategies that we see today so we maintain we like producers we only have one pure exploration company in the portfolio and we tend to like large positions in a concentrated portfolio so we're around 25 names um, and generally in producers either large or mid cap um, the sweet spot for me is somebody with good production who also has good exploration ground because actually exploration within producers tends to be undervalued. Pure explorers tend to get very quickly overvalued. George, thank you so much for your insight. That's George Cheveley, Portfolio Manager at 91 in London.